0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Voice in the Wilderness podcast with Skipper and Pastor Travis from City Church.
1: What's up?
0: How you doing, man?
1: Doing good. How you doing, brother?
0: I've been liking this weather, man. It's been in the 30s for a couple days, man. I'm loving it.
1: I'm telling you, I'm right there with you, brother.
0: Man, I was coming down the interstate today and um, there were like seven deer running through the hayfield. It's
1: because they feel good, baby. They, they had, feel good. They
0: were, they were getting a little frost <laughs> on their hooves. Yeah. I was, yep. man i was looking i, I was, all i could think was what that would look like in the in the deep fryer yeah i know right and look real good i love the i love it so man what you been doing man i know you had a great service last night yeah yeah yep, yep. at church you do that and you do the once a month what do you, you right, call we, that
1: we call it the unite service um we have you know uh, our nine o'clock service and our 10 30 service and once a month on the first wednesday of every month we come together and uh Man, we just have community because life's better together. Um, Last night we had the bonfires and Butman's there uh, serving barbecue pork, and it just man, it's just a cool atmosphere that we can come together and connect and just chill. And you know, just out to be honest with you, I could have just sat out in the parking lot all night. You know,
0: I know it was kind of cool, man. I'm sitting in the parking lot by a nice fire and watching people drive by and i'm thinking i don't know how people are driving by and not stopping man i mean a campfire should pretty much just draw you it's almost like you know, like a moth to a a light bulb you know what i mean that's right that's right but no
1: we believe in community man we believe that uh you know it's life's tough and you don't have to do it alone and god didn't design us to do life alone he designed us to do life together and man we come together first wednesday Uh, of every month and have a unite service and we just see what god does in that moment man it's been really 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 good and so we have food we feed you and uh, we can hang out cornhole if you want to um what, what was it called the uh uh, blocks that was Fisher was playing with uh, Jenga. Jenga yeah yeah that's like, that's
0: adult Jenga
1: yeah big Jenga yeah so yeah we were uh, you know we just believe in connecting and hanging out with one another it's a uh, it's an awesome time just to get together on the first Wednesday of uh, every month unite service
0: good deal man so what you've been up to man what you've been I know you've been getting some nuggets man God has been downloading on you man and uh, really been <laughs> you've been preaching like an excellent word from the pulpit for a while man what you uh what you got on your heart, Pastor? We want to hear what you got on your heart. Yeah,
1: man, I'm just looking at broken, fallen, hurting people, man, that need to uh, encounter the person and the love of God. I mean, it's a resounding theme that ultimately is the heart and the plan and the purpose of God. And it's the drum that I'm beating right now. You know, as I was studying Luke chapter 5 for the Unite service last night, uh, it's it's amazing. You have four men, it says, that carried a paralyzed man to a house and there was no room in the house. So uh, ultimately they had to come down through the ceiling. And so, man, I love the fact that it just says men. It doesn't give any other description. (laughs) It's not like it was Bob, Harry or what, you know, it's just men. And I think at the end of the day, men just do what needs to be done to help hurting broken humanity without getting credit. You know, it's amazing what the church can do when people stop worrying about getting credit for it. You know what I mean? We live in an Instagram, facebook generation to where we want everyone to see what we're doing and the fact that men just do what needs to be done to get broken hurting people to the house of god not only that man the biggest challenge to the plan to getting broken hurting humanity into the house where god's at i mean god owns everything right and so if god's in the house it's god's house right that's it and so these men had a plan and the plan was to get a a broken person to the, to the person of Jesus, but the plan had a problem and the problem wasn't outside of God's house. The problem's usually inside God's house. Oh yeah. And so the crowd prevented the crew from getting broken, hurting humanity to the person that could fix them.
0: Hmm. You think that was an old (laughs) problem or a current problem?
1: (laughs) I think, uh, people are people and it doesn't matter what generation that it's, that we're in that man, we can argue over petty stuff. And I still do believe like the biggest challenge to getting broken, hurting humanity to the person of Jesus isn't the things that are happening out of the house. I think it's the things that are happening within the house. Like you sing it, but don't bring it. You talk it, but don't walk it. And so at the end of the day, you know, you've got this small select few that I call the crew that's trying to get broken, hurting humanity, but the crew can't get the broken people to Jesus because of the crowd. And oh, I think, yeah, I think yeah. we do. I think we have this mindset that we're doing God a favor just because I'm a part of the crowd. Like I'm checking it <laughs> off, my, yeah. my checklist, my religious calisthenic. And it's like, um, you know, if we're going to be effective for the kingdom, then we need to submit our submit to the, the plan and the purpose of God. And that sometimes means sacrificing your preferences. Like, okay, so the carpet's not the color that you want it, or the wall's not painted the color that you want it. Or the music's a little louder than you want it, or the lights are a little bit down more than you want it, or the set list is not exactly to your preference, or the pastor didn't preach long enough, or we don't do every Wednesday. Am, am I? Stri- I'm just striking a drum here. I mean, maybe they had that same problem there in Luke <laughs> five. You know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting these problems from. But
0: well, I, you know, when I was a senior pastor, some of you out there might not know that I was a senior pastor for a few years but I remember I preached a message one time and this is what I said and I said because I used to get a lot of grief from the people in my church about how evangelical I was and how I was going to Camp Anderson and how I was going over here and over there and I was always out preaching and I was their pastor and and I was just like wait a minute there's people all over that need Jesus I mean I'm, I'm going to them and I remember I said this I said um I said, if you walked out this church right now and you stepped in a, a little sinkhole or a pothole outside and you broke your ankle, I said, you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive to the local hospital. Why? Because you know there's someone there that knows how to fix it. You know that's that's that that's how you're going to get healed from it. And you're going to go back more than one time to get checkups and because you know that the person that's been trained is there right, to yeah. fix it. Yep. That's the church. The church is the hospital for the spiritually broken. Yeah. And I said, and once you say yes to Jesus, this church isn't for you anymore. You don't realize that, but it's mm-hmm. not for you anymore. It's for you to participate in trying to get the broken and the hurt here to the mm-hmm. spiritual hospital to help them get healed up. I said, but here's the problem. You guys are doctors now. Instead of just being patients, now you're doctors because you've been born again, but you're too busy inside the hospital with your scapula cutting each other up and people from the outside are looking in at us and going, I get enough of that in the world, man. I surely don't want to go into that building and get some more of it. So it's, it's one of those scenarios to where I believe that when we as Christians allow Christ to walk through us, instead of, I tell people, they say, you know, what's the, what's the key to your Christian walk? Your, the key to your Christian walk is, is a daily surrender to the plan of Christ, and so for me, it's um, what is my challenge every day to let Jesus have more of me, so I can be more of Him.
1: Sure, absolutely, man. It's like uh, Galatians two twenty. It's uh, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives through me. You know, and the the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. And so, at the end of the day, it's making these choices to crucify the flesh, right, and be led by the spirit of god and the spirit of god is always looking through the lens of compassion of how can i help somebody who's hurting how can i uh, be the light in a dark situation how can i be the salt like salt makes everything better like i like grits but not without salt baby <laughs> you know what i'm talking about salt i mean Like grits that don't have, that's like paste. Nobody wants to eat paste. And so at the end of the day, are we stepping into situations? And are we improving that situation? Are we representing Christ in that situation? And I mean, sadly enough that, man, it is, uh, it's a challenge even within the local house to uh, crucify our flesh. Like, you know what I mean? And so at the end of the day it just makes for a poor witness and ultimately that's what the enemy's after is he wants to make your witness for christ ineffective and how does he do it well with strife contention gossip backbiting i mean all these things that um we're plagued with in the house fighting and jockeying for the best seats right you know it's like at the end of the day um I remember like the old school, like it, like old school, they would leave their Bible in the pew because that's that's where the, like, do you, do you need to take that with you? No. Oh, no, it's holding my seat. Well, it'll be OK. I mean, it's like some sometimes we, we I don't major on like what God actually minimizes and we minimize the thing that God majors in. And so at the end of the day, we're making sure we have the good seat in the house and that we're consistent in the house of God, which I absolutely agree with. But the whole time we're ignoring broken, hurting humanity. And it's like, wow, man, we're keeping Jesus all to ourselves. As long as me and mine are taken care of, then it's like it's like, OK. Uh, but at the end of the day, God's called us from the crowd to the crew, right, to get in alignment with his heart and with his plan and with his purpose. And I, I say it like this when I teach you. Uh, You know on leadership when it comes to agreement versus alignment agreement's great alignment's better right and the difference being is agreement like you're in my boat um and you're not fighting against me praise god but i'm i'm carrying you alignment is when you're willing to get in my boat and row and when we row together we can accomplish great things we can accomplish amazing things together like when you're a part of the crowd you're 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 riding but when you're a part of the crew you're rowing like hey let's work together with one common goal, with one vision, with one purpose, and that is to see people who are broken and hurting them. Let's get them in the house of God, not so they can see some pastor, not so they can see some big screen skinny jeans and fog machines, which I'm not against. I mean, I, I believe that we need to represent God in the best way we can. And if you look good in skinny jeans, you can wear skinny jeans. I don't care. But I don't look good in skinny jeans, so I'm not, I'm not wearing skinny jeans, but I don't have anything against skinny jeans. But that's not the main thing let's get them into the house of God and allow the spirit of Jesus to minister and to heal and to touch them in areas that you and I can't get to like when they when they leave I want them to know that the power of God like the text in Luke chapter 5 says the power to heal them was there but they weren't receiving healing they were only receiving teaching until four men, because that's what men do, they carry broken, hurt, and humanity to the one that can help them, until four men expected, right, expected God to heal someone. That was when the power of God was released, is when they came with an expecting heart. And so at the end of the day, are we looking for broken, hurt, and humanity, expecting to bring them into the house of God and allow God to heal them in such a way that they don't come, they, they leave different, like they leave with this, uh, this knowing that, man, God is here, God is for me, God loves me, and he's touched me in such a way it's going to change my life.
0: Yeah, I was praying with, uh, um, I can't remember who it was, but I was praying with somebody yesterday. And, you know, one of the things that, especially females, they deal with this identity mm-hmm. situation where they just don't feel worthy and, you know, there's just a lot of expectations that come with being a female in today's world. And I was praying and I said, I said, Lord, let her see herself. When she looks in the mirror, will you allow her to think about this, that you are a perfect creator and you created her and you knit her together in your mother's womb? Will you let her see herself like that? Yeah. You know, and so I think about, you know, when I think about that, I was just thinking about how much people need to understand their identity in Christ. And that's what we do is we, because I was talking to um, a couple of people today and I was saying, it's weird how. Everything in the kingdom is almost opposite of the way it is in the world. You know, you know when you go through suffering and you're a part of the kingdom, the one thing you learn to recognize about it is God chose that exact thing to redeem mankind. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did God choose suffering to redeem man? He could have, I'm sure, done it any way he felt like doing it. But what was so cool to me about that is the thing we avoid with everything that we have, God used to redeem mankind. And when you walk with the Lord, you start learning that it's those trials and those tribulations of life that actually are the ingredients that create the character in you that can withstand the calling that God's placed on your life. And I I just love the way that Paul puts that in Romans chapter 5. You know, he gives that process of going through that. And I tell people all the time when you're facing trials and you're facing difficult times, the cool thing about walking with the Lord is is that even when things aren't going the way you want them to go, and even though you're suffering and maybe in pain, God's going to use it, man. And I just love knowing that. And what's so beautiful about people who walk with the Lord is that even though things are hurting them, they have that perspective. And there's nothing better than being in a position in ministry like we are to where when the world is being deceived, about the scenarios in life that we have the opportunity to come alongside of them and say, no, nah, let me, let me show you how God works in the situation that you're in, that you're in.
1: Yeah. It's important that, you know, believers understand that the joy of the Lord is one is our strength and the joy of the Lord is the birthright to the believer. Like when you're in Jesus, you're in joy. It's like this. And I like to say it like this. You can't separate wetness from water. Right you can't separate the believer from joy and when we understand that joy is a well that never runs dry it's like what's where's your focus at that's the the key like for the joy set before him like what are you setting before him before yourself like jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith and it says for the joy of the lord set before him he endured the cross and so at the end of the day, no matter what I'm going through, even my trials, my tribulations, even if I fail them, we serve a God that will let me take the test again. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to take it again, but He loves me, and I'll take it again and I'll until I pass it, you know what I mean? Until I learn that lesson because ultimately God's more concerned about our character, you know, than, than He is about us just surviving. Uh, he wants us to thrive. And so at the end of the day, when we go through, Trials in life, knowing like eight Romans eight twenty eight that all things like we know all things work to the good for those of us that love God and called according to His purpose. It's like I like the beginning of that because it says we know. That's important because a lot of people don't know that. That's right. You know what I mean? We do. That's like revelation knowledge. We know that all things like all in the Greek is er, everything, 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 yeah, er, (laughs) everything. That's like everything we go to, and so I like to say it like this, and I. I wrote it down today like joy is this unwavering knowledge that no matter what my situation says, that my life is in the hands of a God who will always lead me to a favorable outcome. That's right. No matter what. That's that's the current condition of joy. Joy goes beyond my... Fickle feelings, and it is a- absolute emotional condition that lives and exists beyond my feelings. Like I can have joy, and s- for example, just like Jesus, it isn't that he didn't feel pain on the cross, but what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He had pain, but pain didn't have him because joy was set. He had already set joy before, and that's how you endure. Like these trials and tribulations, is before you even get into them, you already know that God, because of His great love for me and for His great love for humanity, He's already got a favorable outcome in spite of everything that I face. And so when I face it, I've already established, I've already set that God's favor is upon my life, and it's going to end up in a favorable outcome no matter what my situation is trying to tell me. And so I can face the day knowing. It don't matter what happens. God's favor is upon my life, and favor ain't fair. It makes some people mad. I can't help it. (laughs) I can't help it. It ain't fair. God didn't set up a system that is fair, right? He didn't. Thank God he didn't, because if he set up a system that was fair, you and I, and we'd all be in hell. You know what I mean? And so you're like, well, that ain't fair. Well, you better hope it ain't fair, because it's based off of his grace, his mercy, and his love. And besides his favor upon your life, Skipper, and my life, Skipper, and the body's life, it's not to show people how good we are. It's to show people how good God is. That's, That's right. the whole point of the favorable outcome is to say, dang, God is good. Because it's the goodness of God that leads one to repentance, which is the changing of the mind. Like you need to change how you see it, that it changes the way you walk, that it changes the way that y- you live. And so. Yeah, it's it's joy that is the strength. That's why the enemy's always after your joy. He's always after it because if he can take your joy and and I'm going to be t- talking on this Sunday, a lot of times what we misinterpret as joy is actually ha- happiness. And the problem with happiness is it's based on what's happening. And so, ha- for me to be happy it means that everything in my life needs to be going right all the time and if you put your you put your joy into a temperamental teenager you done brother yep you, it's or you put your quote-unquote joy into a hostile co-worker you're done and so now you've placed because you've misinterpreted happiness for joy you've placed your your emotional condition into the hands of something that you can't control and as soon as that condition changes, then your joy is robbed, and now you feel weak, and you're vulnerable, and the enemy is right there.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, of I, joy to me, man, I mean, like, biblical, godly joy is it's not affected by the conditions. And and this is, I, I, I told a guy this one time, man, I was meeting with a, a young guy, I love to disciple young men, and I was meeting with him, and he was talking about um, at work, these guys are just, you know, they're doing drugs and they're doing this. And, you know, he was just talking about how he hated the work and how they treated him, the, you know, bad. And, and, I, and I looked at him and I said, I got a question for you. Okay. I said, do you think there's a possibility that one of those guys that you're working with could have a little grandmother that's praying for him? And he kind of sat there and he was like, hmm, yeah, maybe. I said, well, how do you think God's going to answer that prayer? <laughs> yeah. He's going to send somebody like you. Mm -hmm. somebody that's a Jesus freak, somebody that loves the Lord. He's going to send a guy just like you into that man's life to try to show him. And so what you're doing is, and you said this just a minute ago, so good. The only thing that you give strength to in your life is the things that you allow yourself to think about. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about how bad it is, that you have to work with these guys that are doing drugs and these guys that aren't are, are pulling their weight and aren't coming to work on time and, they're, and you're the only one doing what you're supposed to be. When you focus on that, you're going to lose your joy. But if you look at yourself as a missionary in that place and you look at yourself like, you know what? I was chosen by God to be sent into this mission field to reach these people and somebody in their life is loving them enough to pray for them and God used me and chose me as the warrior to go in there and fight on his behalf to teach them about the gospel and to show them. And then all of a sudden you've got a godly joy no matter what these people at work are doing to you.
1: That's right. Well, you've got a purpose that lines up with God's heart, which is, once again, you know, seeking out and searching broken, hurting people that need to encounter the person of Jesus. Not only this, when it comes to the subject of joy, that I believe in Matthew chapter twenty-five and twenty-three, uh, you have uh, the parable of the talents, and you know I've never really it, it caught my attention uh, years back ago was you know the fact that you had the one that had five and he invested and he got ten and. You know, the Lord's like, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. Step into uh, step into all that I have. Or he goes, enter into what? The joy of the Lord. And same thing with the one that had two. He invested. It turned into four. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. He said, you've been faithful with a few. Like, now you've gained more responsibility. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And so at the end of the day, a lot of us don't catch the fact that he tells the two servants to enter in to the joy of the Lord, which emphatically tells me that for me to experience the joy of the Lord, my priorities have to be lined up and my stewardship needs to be in such a way that it honors God. So with my priorities and my stewardship can produce great joy in my life I, a lot of people doesn't make the connection like you, can you be a good stu, or a bad steward and experience the joy of the lord not according to this parable <laughs> right can i have some jacked up messed up and, and tore up priorities like where am i investing my life what are my priorities how's my stewardship because all of this is connected to that last statement enter into the what they didn't say the glory Which I'm not against glory. It didn't say into the supernatural working. No, it says into the joy of the Lord.
0: I love, I mean, I, I just, when you started talking about that, I started thinking about Psalm 23 and I just love this picture because, uh, you know, Psalm 23, it starts out and it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not need, you know, when the Lord is your, is your shepherd, when he is the leader of your life, the needs of life go away but this is my one of my favorite parts of this. This is a beautiful psalm, but one of my favorite parts is it says, verse six says, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life when God is my shepherd. And I saw R.V. Brown do this one time. He's a great evangelist. If you guys have never seen R.V. Brown, just Google him, YouTube him, whatever. He's an outstanding evangelist, but he takes this rope and he pulls it out of his briefcase and he He puts it around his waist, and there's one piece hanging off of each side, off the other side, and he puts two guys, two football players. He puts one on each side, and he puts one on the other side, and he starts walking around the room and dragging these kids around with him. And he says, how many of you want goodness and mercy to follow you around all the days of your life? He's goodness, and he's mercy. And they follow me around because he is my shepherd. And he he, he goes on to do that, man, and I'm just like, if people could get the concept – that if you just allow God to be the steward of your life, the shepherd of your life, the one that leads and guides your path, then goodness and mercy are going to be chasing you down, man. I want goodness and mercy to chase me down. Chase me down like you, I mean, that is, that is, see people, this is, I want people to understand this. Please hear this if you're out there listening or watching. There's something special about being gods. There's something special about it. And one thing that's so special about being God is the promises that he gives us in scripture, the different promises that you read in scripture. And I'm telling you right now, I absolutely love the promises of God. Love I them. And that's when you understand them and you believe them, they come true.
1: Yeah, they do. His word is, uh, it's true. Um, let it, let it be true. And every man be a liar because at the end of the day, man, I love it. I love goodness and mercy. I, I say it like this. Um, Moses, they, he just needed to send two spies, goodness and mercy. That's it.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, at the at the end of the day, man, it chases us around. Favor's not fair, but favor in our life reveals God's goodness, His love, His compassion for us. Um, and man, I tell you, it's it's bewildering at times. You know, it's this unmerited, unearned favor of God that's upon the believer's life, not because of how awesome we are, but how awesome King Jesus is. And it's amazing. It's amazing when you actually experience it, because this is what I've I've found in life. Like, in, and let's go back to Luke chapter five. The power to heal them was there, but nobody was getting healed until somebody showed up expecting to. And I think a lot, I think a lot of times in life we've allowed our experiences because life is harsh. Life is, is rough. We live in a fallen, jacked up, messed up world that God didn't design. That was our choice when, when humanity disobeyed sin entered and death and all this stuff that, that we, that we deal with. And so at the end of the day, man, um, it's, it's like, you know, as far as, as, uh, as goodness and mercy and favor and having this expectant heart to really mold and shape your experiences versus your experiences being so harsh that they damage and wound your expectancy like you've been hurt by life so much like you you come to God and you don't have any expectancy because one you've just been run over you've been hurt in other words like if you had a, an, a horrible earthly father you would never have this expectancy that your heavenly father is this amazing and so you you go into it without any expectation i think that's so damaging because he's still the god that can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think but it's according to the power that works within us and i think the power that works within us is the power to believe and to expect god can still do great and amazing things the pat like I wonder, now let's think about this thought. I wonder what untapped power and potentials in God's house. that's available to the believer that they hadn't tapped into because they don't expect it to be there.
0: Mm, That's good. I
1: wonder what power to heal your marriage. I don't know who I'm talking to out there is in God's house, but you will not tap into it because you don't expect it to be there. Mm. Like what, the the power to change your life, the power to free you from addictions, the power to deliver you, the power to change your financial situation, the power to live a different life, to walk it all the power that you could imagine is in God's house, but it's released when we come to him with an expectant heart, and we learn that through four men, just four men, because that's what men do, they bring broken, hurting humanity to Jesus, and be touched by the power of God in such a way that it changes our life, but it all started with an expecting heart.
0: Oh, but you know what I'm thinking about. You talking, you said talking about the four guys, and you know what I think about. T is this man. We so many times we surround ourselves with people that would never be willing to carry us up on the roof and drop us down to meet Jesus. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're somebody out there, man, and you're running with the wrong crowd and you're listening to the wrong advice, you're talking about marriages. Me and my wife do a lot of marriage counseling. If you're out there, man, and you're listening and taking advice from people who are not looking into the scriptures every day to find out who they are and looking in the mirror of God's word to see who they should be every day, you're getting advice from the wrong people, man. And I think about you know, those four guys and how faithful of the friends they had to be to be willing to walk this man up on the roof, tear the roof out, and drop him because they knew that their friend would be healed if they could just get him into the presence of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something, man. Thank God that I've got my four. i I've mm-hmm. got Actually, I've got more than four guys in my life that I honestly believe are what I would call my core four. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, if you're out there right now and you don't have your core four, that you know would take you up there, man, and do anything they had to do to get you to the face of Jesus, you need to find that core four because I'm telling you, man, goodness and mercy may be following those that believe in Jesus, but I'm going to tell you, if you're running with the wrong crowd, you're doing just as much damage as it is good trying Mm -hmm. to – it just – I can't tell you how important it is to be influenced by the right people and to have the right voices in your life. And I tell people all the time in counseling, Be careful who you allow to speak into your life because a lot of people don't have your best intention in their heart. And you just got to be super careful about who you allow and the voices that you allow into your life.
1: Yeah, you've got to have relationships that are willing to rip the roof off of that thing to get you to Jesus. and so.
0: Well, man, I just want to tell you, man, how much I appreciate you coming. I
1: love coming.
0: I've been enjoying this weather, man. And I tell you, people are having... um, some victory over these over these podcasts, man. I'm telling you, God's been doing some work in some people's lives. And if you guys, hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, we want to hear from you, man. And you guys get in touch with us and and let us know, man. I have people come up to me talking about it all the time, and and I think uh, I think tomorrow we're gonna to have Justin. Justin's oh, going to come, come by on. and do a yeah, podcast. I love, so. I love Justin, man. He's I can't wait to him. hear his
1: story, man. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that kid, man. I mean, he's
0: he is he got such a heart for the king. And and, um, and to be that young and to have a heart like that, man, is yeah. just so refreshing to see that. And I can't wait to have a chance to kind of learn a little bit more about him. And, you know, these podcasts, man, they definitely bring you into a better focus of who, who these people are that you're talking with. So Absolutely. I just want to tell you, thank you, man. Hey, thank you, man. Don't forget, man, City Church right there on the corner of Bascom Norris and Sister Welcome. Um, they'd love to see you over there and tell them how to get in touch with you and you're about your app. Uh, yeah,
1: you can uh, check us out at uh, church home. Uh, The Church Home app, you can go on there and find City Church, man. You can find our archives, messages. Uh, You can check us out on the web at yourcitychurch.org. Two service times, 9 and 1030. We'd love to have you come and and, uh, see what we're about. And I, I love just making this statement when I encounter the people of God. Hey, go be Jesus to someone and see what God can do through you, man.
0: Hey, I always tell them it's your decision. That's it's your right. decision. So listen, you if you guys love the podcast and you want to support FCA Outdoors, man, FCAOD.org dot You go in there and check out the ministry. You got you you can go to uh you can go to FCA Outdoors on YouTube and see some of our videos. But we want to tell you thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, man. We love you so much, man, and we have we know God's got a great plan for your life and we just want to help you get to it, man. So you guys have a great day. We'll see you soon.